1: to another episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Coming up on tonight's show, we have a coaching special. So we're going to be having a look at all the pro coaches in Wales, where they stand, who's under pressure, who we think is doing a good job. Uh, we'll be running the rule over Warren Gatland with two years to go to the World Cup and yeah, the final two years of his contract. We'll be having a look at... Uh, exactly what we what we make of him ahead of the autumn internationals, and then we'll be playing coach ourselves. So myself and Dan Killick will be picking our side for next Saturday's game versus Australia. So all of that to come on uh, this episode. Before we get into that, um, just to, a bit of housekeeping, bring it up to speed with the reviews. We always say that if you leave us a review. Uh, we'll make sure we give you a, a shout-out on air. So big thanks to uh, Morgan Fletcher, who dropped us a review this week, uh, which just says a must-listen every week, and great to hear about Welsh rugby. So thank you very much for doing that. And as we say, if you do the same, we'll make sure we uh, we give you a shout-out on air. And if there's anything else you want to get off your chest, feel free to do so by dropping us a tweet at Attacking Scrum or doing the same on Facebook or Instagram. Right, Dan Killick, bags to get through tonight. Uh... How you been? First of all, then. Been a busy weekend, actually. Right. Plenty
0: of uh, yeah, plenty of rugby. I was down at um, London Welsh today. Yeah, with the uh, the Midi Festival, which Midi. is sort of yeah, not the minis, the right. Midi. Which um, yeah, it was great to be down there. Loads, loads of youngsters having a having a run around, smile on their faces. Um, and there was a, uh, an away team from Frankfurt were there. No well.
1: Um, yeah, some some good players on their side as well. So enjoyable morning. It's fascinating the the growth of rugby in Germany as well, actually. know, yeah, a lot of money getting pumped in there. And uh yeah, I mean that's that's really interesting to see that uh, you know at a, at a junior level. Yeah, they had some very vocal uh
0: parents is on their right? side, yeah. All in good spirits, yeah. but yeah, chanting away. Um so yeah, it was just
1: brilliant down there. Enjoyed it. My uh I I lived in Germany for a year. this is going back about been about twelve years ago. And uh, while I was studying, and my mate Emlyn, who was out there at the same time, he played rugby up in um, like middle of nowhere on the north coast of uh, north coast of Germany, right up by the sea there. And actually, if he'd have stuck it around, he at the time he probably could have played international rugby for him, such as the standard then. And you look at how much it's athletic. got better. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. we I mean, want the a bad player to be fair, but at the same time, it's. Uh, you know, it's not any old Tom, Dick, and Harry can turn up in in Germany expect to play for the national side. Now, I think they're. It, it seems like they're on something which I think would be great for the game. If, yeah. Uh, if we're able to grow in in these kind of countries. Well, some of these, uh, yeah, some of these children that are on display today, they've got a, Some skills. Yeah,
0: some some skills. Yeah, one chap in particular with uh, with dreadlocks. He looked oh, yeah. sharp. You know, when you just look at a look at a player, was only about I don't know, twelve or thirteen, and he looked. He looked just uh, effortless the way he yeah. just strolled around, and he caught the ball. He almost just sort of went, oh, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a poppy, I'll have a run." <laughs> just, just strolled in. Um, so yeah, it was uh, yeah, but it, you know, a good, a good morning. Obviously, the weather was lovely as well. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, pleasing. Good stuff. And talking of developing nations, obviously Wales got fixtures against uh, against Georgia coming up over the next over the next Wednesday two weeks from two weeks from now. Yeah. Uh, prior to that we've got the Australia team so we're going to be picking our side later on. We'll be playing uh, playing the role of head coach but before all of that it's time to assess uh, the coaches of the regions. So the reason we're doing this we're kind of you know I guess just before the, the Autumn International start and we're about a third of the way through the season now. It feels like a good time to take stock and have a look and, and really see kind of Who's struggling? Who's doing well? You know what? what next for, for each of these coaches? You know where can they improve and what stuff? Are, what stuff's really uh, making a difference down with each of the regions? I'm going to start with you know probably the the biggest strugglers of the season in terms of their expectations, and that's the Ospreys. So, no kind of no sugar coating it. It's been an awful season in terms of results for for Tandy and Co, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. It's, it 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 looked as if the
0: Ospreys were starting to turn a corner, didn't it? And uh, they've just you know they slipped back, got a you know got a win last week, and then um, would have would have absolutely abysmal again this this weekend, weren't they? So it's just getting going from bad to worse at the moment for the uh, for, you know for the Ospreys. I can't quite see how they're going to
1: pull themselves out of it. I know we said this before, but how much of how much of the responsibility lies with the coaching team well
0: a fair bit of it has to um because they just they don't look as if they've got any any confidence at all do they and that's a big part of a of a coach's role is to is to pick up you know pick up players um and identify those that can sort of uh, I suppose increase the the tempo reading the side when the chips are down. That's your answer to everything, Dan. It if you yeah. you should be up the tempo, up the tempo, up the tempo. Yeah, no, but it's needed, isn't it? I yeah. mean, especially at the Ospreys, they're they're so lackluster. But yeah, there does seem to be some some man management issues there. I would say it's difficult, isn't it, when you're sat this side? Um, but there's something going on there, um, or, or the just it, it just doesn't feel right. Does it's it? it's hard
1: right. not to speculate because even though every week you know kind of Tandy comes out in press conferences and stuff and says that you know the spirit's good and that everyone wants to play for each other it's just apart from really two european performances both of which ended up in a loss or two losses rather apart from those games that story doesn't really tally with what's going on the pitch it just seems like that's being rolled out doesn't it i mean the, the spirit the
0: spirit shouldn't be good should it there should be there should be issues at least but it's just I don't know they they there's so many different parts of their game that that all seem to be wrong that that you have to then look at the coaching I think because if you can see one or two positives then you can you can lay you know lay an amount of blame to the to to, to the players um I mean there's no excuse as well as there for for missed tackles they're falling off tackles left right and center but which has to come down to the players but again if confidence is low mm. you can slip off things um and it doesn't seem as if as a coaching unit they're, they're, they're addressing um, and getting their key, their key players to sort of lead and, and take control of games or when games are slipping away, you know, pull, pull them back in. A lot of it, I think, seems to be mental with the Ospreys. Yeah. It has to be. When you look at the Saracens, they produced an incredible, and I mean incredible, performance. You know, why is it then that they just completely drop off? So some, something's going on. Obviously, those players pick themselves up for those game, for that game. They wanted it. They felt it, and uh, you know they wanted to go out there and prove a point. Now they're playing against the other teams, and it's it, they, they're switching off. So the coaching, the coaches have to look at that and say, you know, why is that happening, and then address those issues. And sometimes it might be mental as opposed to
1: on the pitch. But the mental thing is really interesting because if you look back over the history of the Ospreys and even the history of the Ospreys under Tandy, they've probably the mental bit has probably been the one of their biggest strengths. You know, they've always been the more resilient and tougher size. You know, I think other regions have played more attractive rugby during that time, but when it's come to the big games in the in the Heineken Cup and the European Cup, it's they tended to be a a more battle hardened and more of a more of a tough outfit to take on. What's gone wrong in the last well, in the last year really?
0: Yeah, they they have been very They've been very resilient, haven't they? Um, and hated at times, haven't yeah. they, the Ospreys? And that's almost sort of pulled them together, isn't it? And made them a real force. There's been quite a few changes, and they behind the scenes at the Ospreys since you know since those times. So you know, not 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 Tandy and uh, and Reese, but mm. underneath. And I wonder whether whether they've had you know big impacts um, in the in the way in which you know the sort of the collapse then of, of the Ospreys. But um, yeah, it's.
1: I just can't quite. I can't quite see them pulling themselves out of it. Well, this is it. I mean, it's something like something like four wins in twenty for the Ospreys, and that just with that player base just simply isn't good enough. Is there any coming back of this run of you know this run of form for for Tandy? Well, it, the thing is, there
0: is because they've shown it in that in that one game, haven't they? Where it wasn't just an improved performance, it was mm-hmm. a, it was a complete, it was pretty much the complete performance. Um, so they've got it. They just need to work out why things are going wrong and uh, put in some basic systems in place. I think they're they're still they're still trying to sort of overcomplicate things. They need to take it right back to basics. Um, you know, keep keep simple lines, and they they they're also playing players out of position. They're picking the wrong people. Um, so a lot of that's coming back to the coaching, isn't it? You you, you know play the right players. You're not, Who in um, particular are you thinking? Well, I just think they've got you know they've got Rob you know McCusker, for instance. Mm. You know he's been uh, you know he's someone that gives them gives them. They've been struggling to penetrate the lines yeah. at the moment, and they're playing they're playing him out. They're playing you know his best position is six, isn't it? Um, I would say. Um, yeah, he doesn't seem to be he fe- doesn't seem to be featuring there.
1: Um, I think they've got
0: bigger problems. Than where McCusker plays because I think six or eight he'll do you a good job. They have got bigger problems, but it starts with he. You know he's someone that can give them give them some 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 go forward. Um, and they've got other players as well in their ranks that aren't featuring. Then you've got the 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 centres. They the, the centre partnerships aren't 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 working. Um, they've got they've got issues. It's you know Sam Davis. Sam Davis played well in the f- in the in the first half, yeah. seemed to be controlling, then just completely capitulated. Um, and where do, you know where do they go from there if he's not if he sort of loses a bit of confidence? Well, yeah, especially
1: with ah, no bigger next season. Yeah,
0: so uh, you know, and you know, our hip, you know, he's 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 off as well. He's their main man. Yeah, he's room. He's off, isn't he? Um, I mean, he was. Uh, you know he made, he made a lot of tackles on the weekend did a, did a, did a lot of got through a lot of work firmed up the scrum then yeah. went off
1: and you know they 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 completely fell off the pace were well, you so, saying off air as well he was the biggest the osprey's top tackle count even though he only played 50 odd minutes yeah 57 minutes or something like yeah. that
0: so yeah where were the where were the other players and and as a and as a prop as well Mm, to be, to exactly, me yeah. so, so where where what what is everyone doing um and they're also you know they're also picking players that um I think the 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 ospreys can afford to play other play other boys at the moment because some of them just aren't up to it at the moment they're not playing well enough so yeah. give give some other players a chance to give the
1: other guys a kick um, well, name names who who isn't who isn't cutting the must of the master few at the moment well, Hook is, you know, Hook's playing poorly, isn't he?
0: Um, Cracknell isn't uh, isn't playing isn't playing particularly particularly well. Um, I think that they're they're trying to play this they're trying to play a sort of wide game. They're playing a wide game when they should be playing a tight game, and mm-hmm. then when they want to play a when they should be playing a tight game, they're playing a wide. It just yeah. they're, they're utterly confused. So they just need. They just need the coaching staff to get hold of them and say, "This is the way we're going to play and play really structured rugby," um, which is boring. It's boring stuff, but they need to play safe. Like, you know, like uh, Edinburgh. You know, Cockle's gone in there. He's, yeah. he's made them. He made he's got their defensive. Their line speed's very, very good. Um, they play a lot of sort of up the jumper stuff. They're very physical, and they've got a couple of key boys like Blair Kinghorn that can that can open up defenses. Um,
1: and Ospreys have those types of players. Yeah. They're just if, not getting that out of them. No, they're not. Question for you then: If, if a Richard Cockrell-style figure, an experienced, you know, experienced coach with experience in in different countries, obviously in France and with Leicester, and he seems to have made a, a positive impact at Edinburgh, would he be able to get more out of that Ospreys side than the current set setup are? I think undoubtedly, if Cockrell went into the Ospreys,
0: they got they got good enough. They got great players, didn't they? Got a good they got a good squad. Um, he would he would he would make a difference. It's, it's hard with Tandy because only if we look back to what, 14, 15 months ago the Ospreys were playing some really good uh, sorry, probably a bit further than that the beginning for the first half of last season mm. the Ospreys were playing
1: really good rugby um, it, was, it, was, it was a nice brand to watch um, Yeah, I, I mean you know, I've, I've never thought I've never put the Ospreys in the same bracket as, as Scarlets but I agree there was more there was certainly more penetration to it and they were winning games of rugby
0: you know, Yeah, to, I, yeah, they're never they they're never the scarlets, but they played. They had a they had a nice pattern. You knew the way they were going to play, or they did at least. You yeah. know they don't at the moment, and it looked it looked very controlled and measured. Um, and at the moment, they're at complete six and sevens. You wonder whether Tandy is maybe switched off because is 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 the way he talks mm. after the game. He's he's going through. He's spouting the same lines. You'd almost like a bit of. He is quite honest, isn't he? At times, but um, at the moment, saying that the the the, uh, the week, the build-up to the to the yeah. game was positive, all those other things, um, I, I, yeah, it's the most frustrating thing. I think if you're an Ospreys fan, is that they've got the players to be far better than that. They're not; they they shouldn't be playing anywhere near yeah. this. That's the that's the most frustrating thing, and it's, it's annoying.
1: All right, then, just to finish on the Ospreys. Steve Tandy's contract runs until 2020. He's only recently signed an extension. Is he going to be there next season?
0: Why well, do, do you think they've got the money to to be able to
1: uh, to be able to end it? Probably not. You know that's a that's a that's a long contract to be then buying someone out of their you know of their in the first year of it.
0: Yeah. I also I just want Tandy to to. To be able to turn it around as yeah. well, because I, we've seen some great things from him, and he's getting so much heat at the moment. But I just—it doesn't look like he's going to be able to do it at the moment, does it? They need—they need something to happen. They need to bring in someone, maybe a consultant. You know, get a consultant to go in there, um, uh, in a specialist facet of, of, of play, or maybe uh, above him from a like from a directorship Director point, Ripper, yeah. yeah, point of view, and just say, right, we're going to let's let's parachute some guy in, give him you know give him th- give him a three month contract just to sort out what they've got because they've got. The fundamentals. They've got a good squad, um, a good enough squad. I anyway, know to be a lot better than they are. Well six six losses, isn't it?
1: And at the bottom of the, the bottom of the, of the conference. So. all right. Then while what we're, we're talking about changes, uh, changes in coaching. One, one head coach that we know won't be with the side next season is Danny Wilson. Obviously, said early on in the season that he's going to be leaving the Cardiff Blues at the end of this term. We're expecting a new coach kind of towards the end of November time um, kind of Cardiff Blues expecting to announce someone by then. What do they need from a new coach? What qualities does the new Cardiff Blues head coach have to have in order to to move things forward? For me, they need to have uh, i suppose
0: you know experience really of um, of coaching at at a decent level, right? I think if the Cardiff Blues go for someone that um, has a relatively uh, sort of young CV, um, it's it, rugby CV. It's not really gonna. It's not going to work. Um, Danny Wilson has done a very good job with the resources that he's got. He's been just. He's just been stretched and he? pulled mm. from pillar to post. And if you think he's got. It, it appears then that the players really enjoy playing under under him and for him and for each other. I think that comes across definitely, yeah. and and that is that's re- a really difficult thing to do, isn't it? When you're being stretched so thinly, so hats off to him for for that. Um, but uh, yeah, he's they need they need someone with experience.
1: Really, do you do would you do would you, would you go along with that? Or? Yeah, I think uh, I think I do need experience. I also think that. Danny Wilson's very much a track suit coach, isn't he? you know he's he's hands on I think he's an excellent forwards coach, and at times they've got some really good stuff out of the back, so i think they're they're looking a lot better this at this point in the season than they did at the start and you know so i think I think between them Wilson and sherodt have done a have done a good job at improving the set of players they've got there. What I think they need is a director of rugby. Now, I, there's been all this speculation for years about who's making the sign-ins at, at Cardiff Blues. You know, is it being is it being done from kind of Peter Thomas down? And that's just not a, a healthy situation. I think you need someone in there who's able to add to that squad with, yeah, exactly like you said, with the right level of experience, knowing what needs to be added to it. So I actually think that there needs to be a kind of a director of rugby-type figure Um and it's I think marshalling pro- things. Yeah, and I think probably if they'd have had that then potentially Danny might have you know might have been more inclined to stay but then you've I think you've yeah you know, you've also got the precarious financial situation that they're in as well. So, you know, they don't, don't expect Graham Henry to be to be pitching up down here anytime soon or so yeah, it's it's really really difficult. Mm. Yeah, it could have it could, that might have made a
0: difference if they if there had been a, a director of rugby in place alongside Danny, it would have been quite a frightening partnership I think if if he had someone above him that was able to assist because when you're at that level it's it's quite a lonely old place man Mm. you know the the management right up there and he had literally he's almost had nobody to be able to turn to for for assistance and rugby's so technical now isn't it that he is he's a detail he's a detail specific man and he would have it would have been really painful for him not being able to spend as much time in the other you know, with, with a sort of across the board, then because he just there wasn't other people that he could say, Right, that's your job now, mm. you know, you focus on that, and also someone giving him, him him a bit of direction because he was the one providing it all.
1: Um, so I, it's a difficult, difficult job for him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I suppose the big thing is, though, like we say, you know, it's all very well saying that there's a director of rugby in there, but when they found themselves in the situation where they, they had signed Van der Merwe and had to let him go because of that. Well, that's a nail in the coffin. Isn't it? You know that kind of tells you where they're at in terms of what they're able to what they're able to bring in, um, which I, th- I think inevitably isn't going to attract the biggest, you know, necessarily the biggest name in terms of head coach. I hope I'm wrong because I would like to see him. I'd really like to see them move on, but I think that's a, that's a really difficult appointment. Yeah, in terms of.
0: What he, what Danny um, will be sort of remembered by. Mm. He has done a brilliant job in terms of making this um, this job at, Car- at, at Cardiff Blues quite an attractive proposition because the players are you could have you could have had just complete disarray, couldn't you? Mm. Players that just almost wanted not wanted to be there. We know there's a precarious position financially, um, yet there seems to be a real energy and buzz around and a tonic around the around the side. Yeah, so. You know he's, he's and he's really putting it in for the for the guys, isn't he? You know, big, you know, good performance this uh, this weekend um, against sides that are vastly improving. They're not. They're not.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, let, let's temper that a little bit because Zebra were garbage. They were. In that but, game.
0: They were, but they're, impro- they're improving. They are aren't improving, not they? You know, Connor O'Shea. They're all. You know, they're yeah, all, yeah, they're yeah, all no, putting together, point, working together. Point. Mike Cat. So. Um, I just yeah I said it a few times he's doing he's
1: doing a sterling job. Right. I think the other I think the other interesting thing there has been you know while we're on the the coaching thing defensively they have looked a lot better this season and you know I'm sure a a fair amount of that can be leveled at Sean Edwards involvement yeah. and you know that as we always say is such an important foundation to winning rugby games. And that's where the consultancy
0: the consultancy role I think could be massive for the Ospreys couldn't it? Just get someone in help mm. them out and then uh, study the ship and move on especially when you've got a coach there that's in contract for a long time. Yeah. We have to we have to look at alternatives because we don't have the we don't have the funding to just to to
1: pay pay them out. It's a really interesting one. Uh all right, moving down the road from from Cardiff Blues then to the Dragons. We've spoken about Bernard Jackman quite a lot on this podcast. We had a chat with him before the, the start of the season. He was very impressed in terms of, you know, the vision of, of what they're trying to do at uh, at the Dragons how have you assessed you know his first kind of uh you know, three or so months as a as a head coach positive he's made
0: some he's made a real impact down there isn't he there's a lot of buzz around um around the the sort of region there um he's broken down a lot of barriers isn't he mm-hmm. um and he's sort of ta- i think he's taken. he's stripped it right back he understands um the sort of tribalism in wales and he knows you know, it's going to take a bit of time. So for me, so far he's done he's done exactly what you'd what you'd want and expect of him to do with uh, with what he's
1: walked into. We also was going to be a really tough a really tough task, and in terms of results, they obviously you know obviously he's, he's trying to target those home games given the the squad. That's resulted in sending weakened sides away from home. You know, it was another pummeling at the hands of Munster at the weekend. What's your take on that? In terms of you know is that something you should be doing, or is is it simply a necessity or, or what would you what would you be doing in that situation? I'd be doing exactly
0: what he's doing he doesn't have any other choice, and there's going to be heavy losses simple
1: as that okay oh, that's a that's a that's a punchy retort fair enough and all right then when when can you start to to really judge the impact of you know, because i think Hundred percent agree in terms of the, the positivity around the region. I think generally the the style of players, well, it has undoubtedly improved. You know, they look a much better side going forward. Look like they're going to score tries. But then you know you're always going to be judged on results. When can you actually start to you know? Because I, I feel like he's got a, a bit of a you know that credit in the bank in terms of what he's doing off the pitch. When can you start kind of judging solely on on what's happening on the pitch? Is it even this season? No, it's not this season at all, um, because he has
0: to he has to have brought in players that he wants that he wants there. So he's completely inherited a squad. Um, the region was in was in a bad bad place, mm. so he's rebuilding it from the very bottom. It, it you know it probably it probably would have been an easier task for him to not sort of deconstruct and and you know, do what he's done at the very bottom, like the, the the open engagement. He's putting in a huge amount of man hours, isn't he, um, to do what he's doing. And I think that's that's wonderful. So he's really thinking long-term with this, yeah. It's not short-term. If he was thinking short-term, he would have just left all that and maybe just sort of, you know, <clears throat> still focused on the, the home wins. Um, there wouldn't have been as big a crowd, but there still would have been home wins and then, you know, left the, you know, and gone about his business as he has. But the fact that he wants to make the foundations really solid, um I think is is wonderful and we can't we I don't think we can judge him on on the sort of uh on these away losses um until he's got a squad in there that he's that he's uh he's chosen them.
1: After this week's game, obviously another heavy defeat away at away at Munster. He describes the squad as having like a lot of dead wood in it. Um he wants twelve new signings going into next harsh. season which is you know yeah. A, dead wood. Is, is it all? harsh though, or is it you know, is it Actually true. Well, dead wood. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't.
0: Uh, I wouldn't call any players dead wood. Um, they're not. They're not up to the mark. Mm. Um, that's, Is that not the same thing? I think there's a way of saying it. All right. Fair um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not up to the mark, are they? And, and, and he knows that. So yeah, twelve signings. He's made
1: made a few on there. A couple of three reported today. Well, it looks yeah. So three reported. BBC have reported that uh, Rodri Williams, Jordan Williams, and Ryan Bevington have all joined from Bristol. Which I'm really excited by all three of those. Actually, I think Roderick Williams showed some great some great stuff while he was at Scarlets. Obviously, Wales international. Um, It's an area where Wales have got you know fair amount of of strength and depth and have done over that period of time. Jordan Williams is kind of a he's a, a really unpredictable player. As you know, I love players like this. You know, I love I love players who their first instinct is to look up and go, yeah, it's on, let's go for it. So Your back three for Wales at the moment is Jordan Williams, Matthew Morgan. <laughs> and Matthew I'm, Morgan again. I'm playing Jordan Williams at ten. <laughs> <There he is. laughs> um, yeah, no, I I I I think, you know, if you can get the best out of him, and having seen what Jackman's done. In terms of the structure he's added, in terms of the culture, you know the young players in that in that squad have all kind of, or uh, you know certainly the, the the real key talents have all benefited from having having that that positive culture around them. I think if Jordan Williams walks into that, you know you're going to be able to see you're going to be able to see the best of him. The, the guy's got talent, and let's be honest, we're not going to be able to go out and sign a guy who's got twenty five. New Zealand caps to play in the back three and bring him in so a guy who's got all the skill in the world but has some flaws defensively and um, and you know hasn't hasn't really ever na- you know hasn't nailed down a, a first team spot within Welsh Rugby I think you know you, you've got to go and look at that and say right bring him in like you said he's done a lot of the structural work if you bring him into that environment I think that will be positive positive. Mm-hmm. and then Ryan Bevanton a guy I've always really admired actually I think he's been really unlucky with injury and the choice of playing, you know, uh, of bringing him into that squad, I think that's I think that's a really good signing. Yeah, I um, yeah, for me, they are
0: three um, three signings that will that will definitely strengthen the Dragon squad. Um, I think Ryan Bevington is he's not a he's not up to it. Scrum in sort of scrummaging wise, he's not he's not that. That great, but he's. What r- do you know r- about scrummaging and a, your vegan salads? Exac- Come on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Every week now, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's it. But he um, round the park, he's he's great, and he's very very pacey. Um, but he does
1: need does, does does need to work on his uh, his scrummaging. I mean, I, I think you forget as well. He's not, you know, he's not a guy who's thirty five. You know, I think if he's able to stay injury free, there's still room to there's still room to improve that. I've always I've always liked Bevington, actually, and just thought he's a. Um, he's a real handful around the park, and I think he will bring a level of experience um, to that mm. to that front row, and, and I think that's a really good option to have yeah. in there. Yeah,
0: he's he is good. Uh, they're good. They're good signings, aren't they, for the Dragons? Mm. Rodri I think, is a great nine. That's a brilliant, brilliant yeah. signing, and, and and much needed with the Dragons. They, I think, I really think we they're need so like des- desperately needed. He'll make a, He'll make a massive difference. Um, technically really good nine and Jordan Williams I'm a, I'm a fan of as well yeah. I mean we both dream together with uh, with those types of players but just a really exciting guy so. is that
1: why you've been rocking the Jordan Williams facial hair for the last couple of years as well is that absolutely just a dear. pure tribute <laughs> pure tribute alright then just finally to finish on the Dragons I've got, uh,
0: I, I got, I got go a question on. for you actually go ben, on because I can see I'm not sure whether you're singing off the same hymn sheet with me in
1: the in the away games what, what are you, what's no, your I am. On? I'm playing devil's advocate. You are, here. Okay. Yeah, I, I just think you know, like if you go, yeah, if you go and away to Munster, right? We <laughs> there were points over the last ten years where we lost that game by that margin with our bloody first team mate. So the fact is, the squad's really, really threadbare. We've got players who are now heading off, um, heading off to Wales more than there has been ever before, which is, again is a really positive sign that the young players are are kicking on and developing well you know if we get if we get a bit of a dick in from from Munster away particularly when the tv cameras aren't out there that's probably the time to do it the one thing i do you know i do worry about is what caliber of player we're going to be able to recruit because it's difficult because they will be coming in i think jackman's positivity and the changes he's made will definitely help i do think we'll win more you know we'll win a good few more rugby games before the season's out and um and that that should make a difference too I don't think those those the heavy losses
0: away will have a different will have a, a negative impact on the players that will come into the Dragons. I think because it's so definite, and that's the great thing I think about uh, Jackman that he's like you know this is we're going over with um, you know our C team. Mm. It, it, it's it's clear cut, so everyone knows. When they're home, they're 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 a diff- completely different outfit. It's true, but I don't I think they'll have that much of an impact. No,
1: I know. I just think if you're trying to bring in a player, of the likes of you know Ross Moriarty, which has been mooted, because given the change in the change in selection policy, he's going to be wanting to head back to Wales to safeguard his future. But every but all those players. dragons, dragons has been mooted. You know, obviously being owned by the the union now as well. This, you know, I don't know. That, I think it makes it tougher for. a for a you know, for a lion and a and a seasoned a seasoned international and a guy with a huge amount of potential. Um but I you know, if you're able to make one sign like that, I think the others might well follow. They've yeah. got to show a sense of ambition and I I think the club will. I think they're they're gonna be looking to um I think they're gonna be looking to to bring in the a couple of marquee signings. That's what as a I'd be statement. more. That's what I'd be more
0: sort of focused on and concerned about is that yeah, getting getting two big name signings. I think I think the
1: squad players are important as and, well. I and, really do. And the re- yeah, yeah, but the rest will the rest will follow. I think from there. Okay, well right then, finally, to to finish on the scarlets, which I guess has probably been the mm. most um, the most easily positive of the the coaching setups to assess for the for the past well, probably you know nine ten months, I reckon. I think we, you know, both of us really enjoy watching, play, watching them play and they're, they're kind of really attacking brand of rugby. And we've said before how much credit you've got to give to Pivak and, and Stephen Jones and, and all the other coaches there in order to do that. If they're going to go on now and be a really top side in Europe and you know challenge for back-to-back league titles and things like this, which they're definitely capable of doing, I think we're always going to come back to this. Do they need to rein it in a bit? Yeah, they do. Okay. Well, rein it in.
0: They they need to they need to be more sensible um, in certain in certain plays. Um, but it's it's I think it's a simple thing for them to address. It's not that difficult, and um, that's that's it, isn't it? That is it. You really are in concise form tonight.
1: Um, do you know someone who uh, who could make a difference there as well? Who's this player? Coach player. All right, can I have a guess? Yeah. Is it Dan Jones? It is actually.
0: Yeah. Um obviously he's been out, isn't he, with a couple of um he had some HIAs in mm. the early part of the season. Oh I um, thought he looked absolute mustard. Uh, he against,
1: did he, against Berton.
0: He was, you know, he was fantastic, wasn't he, last season and he's just a controlling nine. Yeah. Which ten. is sorry, controlling controlling ten, yeah, which is what the which is what the Scarlets have been missing. They've started in Hadley. He's such a great player that, you know, he does a job. But it, it, it's it's a specialist position, isn't it? And you you could you just saw him coming in. He didn't put a he didn't put a foot wrong, did he? Such an accomplished and measured performance, utterly faultless, really. Um, and that that could be the difference, really. Is having somebody like that to bring them on. That's a kick in
1: a kick in ten as well. Does it say something then about Pilat's coaching style that he's not been putting a ten on the bench that they've been calling upon Askwith and. Hadley Parks to finish games rather than having Dan Jones around there. I know, obviously, yeah, you know, like we covered, there have been some injury problems. You know, are you going to expect to see him there as um, as a mainstay in that match day twenty three now?
0: Uh, yeah, when he's uh, they've obviously they've identified some issues with his game and also with his with his health that they had to they had to address. Mm-hmm. So they sent him back um, for the for the longer term. You know they they've thought of him then as a player, haven't they? Um, whereas they could have maybe brought him in when he wouldn't have quite been quite been up mm. to it in his in his head. Um, and obviously they worked on a few a few he's worked on a few parts of his game as well. So it's it's clever <coughs> it's clever coaching. They probably knew that uh, uh, they they knew well they they clearly knew there'd be a point where they they could slot him back in. And um, hey, look, they're you know they're riding high, aren't they? And he's, he's someone that come in now and make a big impact. Yeah, I think he will so, only... I think he'll is that right. great
1: coaching? Sounds like it could be. Be cool. I mean, yeah. I, I think if he's been available... I don't, again, I don't, I don't know I find it strange because I think he has been playing. Maybe you're right. It's just a question of bringing him up to speed. And I think they look a stronger side with him in the 23. I think it gives you a great option. Patchell's first instinct is always look to get the backline going. I think Dan Jones... I don't think he's a, a monstrously conservative 10... He kind of has a touch of the Steve Joneses about him that he knows how to get the backline going, but he also knows how to put boots to ball as well. So I think that I think they're two great foils for one another, um, and hopefully, yeah, we'll see we'll see a bit more of that as the season goes on. Right, then, just finally to finish on the scarlets, will Pivak and Jones's next coaching gig be in the red of Wales? I'll throw it straight back to you. What do you think? I would like to see it. I don't think that's going to be the case, actually. What with both of them, or I don't think Pivac will. I think Steve Jones may come into the equation. I could still see Dai Young taking the the head coach role, and actually, if that is the case, that would probably leave the door open for for Steve Jones if if he wanted to to take that role. And, and he knows Dai because he knows Dai. You know, Dai giving him really is you know one of his first coaching breaks at, at Wasps. And by all accounts he had a massive impact there as well. So I wouldn't be su- I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I mean it's, it's massive speculation, but that would be my gut feel what it's telling me at the moment. Would you go with would you like to see that then? I'd quite like to see Pivot and Jones have a have a crack together, but I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of Dai Young as well. So mm. I think there's some there's some good options. I feel it'll be in that kind of bracket of salary rather than seeing a rather than seeing a, a massive name like a you know a hanson type figure. I may be wrong, but that's just kind of what. Do you take Hansen over everyone? If he, uh... oh, it's hard. It's really hard. You know, I tell you what. If you'd have asked me that question around 2002, oh, I definitely wouldn't have said that. It's really, really difficult because I think most coaches, most players who played under him, said he had a massive positive impact. And you look at the set of players that there are at his disposal now versus. You know, some great players around in 2002, but we're at a different stage in the game fitness-wise and, um, and things like that. I actually think that with all of those things, just generally in much better nick, that he'd be able to get a lot more out of the current, the current side. So, I mean, oh, it's hard to turn that. You know, Steve Steve Hansen by then will probably, a, will probably be a back-to-back Rugby World Cup winning coach. I take him.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard not to, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, but I know some lot of a
1: number of a number it? of people you know, would what take, you want
0: it. I don't know. Yeah, would take. Um, would want a Welsh, co- you know, Welsh coach in there. But for me,
1: I. would For um, me, it's always the best match for the it's job wary. first. it's best wary man of the Best it. match for the job first. Okay. All right. Well, we'll let's uh, have a look at, at Wales in just one moment. So then, two years to go until the World Cup. Two years left on Warren Gatlin's contract. As we head into the autumn internationals, a lot of comments this week. I know obviously he's, he's got a, a, um, a book to to plug. Uh, he's mentioned in some of those interviews that he may have stayed too long. Do you think he stayed too long, there?
0: Uh, it's a it's a long old time, isn't it? It'll be it'll be eleven years, won't it? Um, when two thousand nineteen comes around, but he's he's delivered, isn't he? I mean, he's done a he's done a fantastic job with, you know, the play the players that we've got. So probably has stayed a little bit too long because you need you you, you know, every team really needs fresh ideas or, or um, sort of new direction. For me, I would have, I I'd, I'd be happy. You know, I'm happy with him being there, but I think we needed a change. Underneath, you know, underneath him in one
1: of the in one or two of those roles. That's that's been, that's been my biggest thing. Yeah. I actually don't think he's been there too long. I have two criticisms of Warren Gatland as well, maybe three as, as head coach. One is he didn't shake up the his coaching staff post twenty fifteen World Cup, and I think that was the stage when you realised just how far the game had moved on, and you couldn't strangle games and just win it with great defence and kicking penalties and overpowering sides. And I think that's where you needed to you needed to look and go. Okay, I need I need something. You know, somebody who's going to be able to bring some fresh ideas to this backline straight away. So that was my first criticism. Secondly, I think we've we've missed out on eighteen months worth of direction. I don't think Rob Howley was up to the job, and he shouldn't have been put in that position. And really, if Gatland was that desperate to take the Lions job, I think that he should really have have left Wales then. And so you know, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I wanted to see him go or that he would you know he'd stayed too long. I just think that actually you've you've had 18 months where you haven't had him there. And so that they would be my kind of two criticisms. Generally, I think he's done a really good job. And if you again, if you look back from years gone by, we just simply haven't had coaches who stuck around for that long because things have always gone wrong. Or we've sacked the coach just before a World Cup and, and things like that. So actually, given the stability. I'm quite I'm quite happy with that versus the chaos that we had mm. um that we had ten years ago. I'm quite happy with that, but it's a crucial two years now. Yeah. So I mean another thing he said he said this week and we kind of hinted on it there, is that he's admitted that there, you know, there needs to be a change in the in the style of rugby. You know, again, is this is this two years too late to be admitting this? Or is it two years, you know. Two years passed when everyone else realised
0: it. It's, some of these comments that are coming out now are, um, you know, I'm I, I'm smiling at them because, you know, he's sort of he's very much defended the way in which the way in which Wales have played, haven't they? And a lot of it, I think, has come back to the fact that he he either knows or feels that we haven't had the personnel to play a different type of game, um, so. I don't know what he's. I think he's almost playing a few games at the moment with these comments. Well, he's never been shy of having a crack at the at the mind games. Yeah, he's just having a bit of fun at the moment. So let's see. There's, There's going to be more to
1: this as well. There's going to be a lot more comments coming out. I think. I guess more importantly than the mind games, though, is is he actually able to evolve the the style? Can you know? Is this coaching setup capable of getting what it needs to? Out of, out of the squad of players that they've assembled, well, they
0: pick, it, it, A lot of it's going to come down to this this autumn, isn't it? Because they've picked, they've picked squads before, done nothing with them, mm. so it, it basically comes down to this this autumn campaign. And um, there is every chance, as well, that because the way in which we're going to we want to play is going to evolve that ten and twelve, how that goes, it could quite easily be a complete flop. And so, are they going to revert to type? Do they do they try do they try other players? The bench is going to be absolutely critical because if you go with another another twelve that's and un, that's and tried, how are they going to link up with a ten? That's the.
1: But this is why it should have happened last autumn. It should yeah, have happened last autumn. We're too autumn, far behind. It didn't because you had a caretaker coach in whose first concern is, I need to you know this is my audition for the job full time, and with that being the case, like you said, you know, you wasn't looking to. To bring players in and and to evolve evolve the personnel in there very much went with tried and tested, and we find ourselves twelve months, you know, twelve months behind where we should have been, and that stems from from Gatland being away with the Lions as well. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, a lot of people are really
0: really upset about that because it's left us in a uh, in a real predicament here now, isn't it? Um, I think it's I'm. I suppose I'm I'm intrigued really to see what we do now in this campaign with the with the bench. The bench is the key part. I think we pretty much know really what the starting lineup is going to be, um, but it's that bench, and then depending on how that first game goes, what happens then? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I, I, I think that is that is fascinating. You you kind of alluded to it there as well. There's a lot of brave selections in there. They've maybe selected, you know, even the Six Nations squad had quite a few. Had quite a few changes in you, there. You could also say, you know, one or two
0: silly um, choices as well and decisions. Go on, then. Who, who is a silly decision? Well, if you look at so looking at the back row, yeah, with with Tipperick, with Tipperick being undercooked, he's not he's not fit. Um, <clears throat> I would have had Thomas Young starting in this game. Again, yeah, absolutely. Again, with with Shingler. Um something different um and then with 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 out there you know doing uh, doing a load of mopping you know a load of the mopping work,
1: so what change would you have made then you'd have not picked
0: Sam cross and you'd have picked thomas champ yeah, I think it's a massive massive gamble um and it, you know if it, if it pays off, then you know we'll have to, we'll have to see but it's such a big thing isn't it to throw them in against you know against those sides, especially when we've got um we're we're pretty weak in the, in the seven position because Tipperick, we can't say he's he's fighting fit mm. which he isn't um and with the with each one of these games poses different threats doesn't it in terms of you know set piece back row options how we play it um and i just think by by not by not picking um young in the back row yeah um and other people have had a, have had a case for a few others haven't they uh, I know Boyd you know Boyd's being mentioned um I suppose those two are the main, but you know young for me, it means that we may not be able to experiment then in other positions again because the back row is so important in 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 these games against the against the southern hemisphere sides, so again we're put, we're, we're putting pressure on ourselves by mm-hmm. making by making that choice that maybe it
1: wasn't the sharpest move. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I mean, i I feel a bit bad, kind of saying that because it might be it might be a stroke of genius to to put Sam and name. Might have just seen something in that game, and you know what he's done in the seventh circuit that says, do you know what? This guy has some serious some serious X factor here. But you do have to wonder about a player that couldn't get in the you know couldn't get close to the Ospreys of team, other than. When Tipper, you know pulled out in the in the warm up, so and what uh, message does it send out as well to the to,
0: to to young who's been playing you know really well? Yeah, um, all you know we we have got a number of other back row options as well that have been playing very well, consistently well for some time. Um, then to have uh you know Cross come in who who, who had a blinder, but then he's in. Um, other people have said, well, you know, it, it, it's a massive positive because if you have one good mm. game, you can be in.
1: But we know that's not how. That's not how the Welsh yeah, to do it, and it is weird because you know, James Davis is. I know James Davis is injured now, but he was told that he wasn't going on the summer tour. Which, bearing in mind Tipperick and Warburton were off with the Lions, he was told he wasn't going on that tour because and this is Robin Reprise's word. It was down to consistency, and he's been consistently brilliant for for two, two, three seasons. So, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not sure what message it sounds out, like, but but all that aside. Genuinely wish Sam Cross really well because, I you know, I'd, I'd love it if he turned out to be a oh, yeah. complete a complete ace in the pack.
0: He, he, he does offer something different as well. He, he does. He runs. He, run, he As we said, he runs those very those very um, accurate and tight short lines, and then gets the offload. So he, he could be. Um, he could sort of unlock, and mm. un- he can unlock defences very quickly, and then they recycle the ball very sharply because of his sevens his sevens background. So it could be great, um, but it means you know there was another school of thought wasn't it that against Australia we could have played um young and tipperick in in the in the back row with falatao now obviously shingle has been off, off the scale in terms mm. of you know consistency and, and playing at a, at B- a high what, level you're playing dual sevens, Two sevens. in an almost aussie style yeah against against them to 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 sort of counter them because um they play at such speed don't they um and it might be that you know shingle are, that's going to be that's going to be another really interesting one. Is how Shingler fares up um, with that style of with that style of play. All right, well, let's so, let's get on
1: to our team then, because that's what we love to do here. It's always the most fun excited, It's actually. always the most fun part, isn't it? To uh, to sit here and kind of pick our uh, pick our starting lineup and um, and bench as well. So we start with a start with a forwards, Dan. Start with the front row, shall we? Seems you know so much about it, and you're. I, I mean, obviously. I was just con- going to leave this to you, actually, because condi- you don't look like a, a vegan. Okay, Conditioning-wise, I know you'll have had him on the vegan salads all week. So, who um, who is making up that front row? Rob Evans, mm-hmm. Owens, yeah, and Lee. I would. I wouldn't argue with that at all. Yeah. Good. But yeah, I just don't. I don't think you can. You know, apart from you know, obviously Rob Evans again is Mister. Is Mister. Fair bit of rugby, and there was a bit of a question mark as to whether he'd be fit for this for this series but going into this game against Australia you've got a side that is really hitting their straps we're going to need to pull in as many combinations that we know are going to work those three play together at the best club side in in Wales week in week out or you know as good as they know each other really well 100% I'd be I'd be going for that
0: yeah yeah most will I think on they four I've gone for ball yeah Five, Alan Jones. Okay. Any, any reason you've not gone for Seb Davis? I'd, I would have him on the bench, just and coming coming off. I think um, balls. He's got that his weight, isn't he? Um, he'll get us over the gain line, and then when uh, you know when it loosens up a little bit, I think Seb will find gaps and um uh, will come on. He's <clears throat> he's a real live wire, isn't he? So he'll be chomping at the bit to get off that bench. Um, and I think he'll have more of an impact to be honest coming off there
1: yeah I think, you do need, I think you do need impact players on the bench and he's certainly someone who adds an element of of X-Facts I've been massively impressed with him so okay yeah I, I can go along with that I, I don't have a don't have a problem with that but um, you go with Seb though would you? no I wouldn't I would uh, it's a really tough call you know I think I've said before Seb Davies does remind me of a young Alan jones and I think he's got He's got so much to his game, and if you're looking at playing a where you're expecting more from your forwards, you're expecting them to be able to offload, you're expecting them to be able to um, to free their hands up to to play some more rugby. He's the kind of player you're going to need. Their, you know, I think he's got more in that bracket than than Ball does. But then again, I, I just think this game, you're going to need players who are you're going to need some experience in there too. So yeah, I, w- I would yeah. go with from uh, the off, and you'll you'll get give him a lot of game time as well. Yeah. Um, bring you
0: know, bring him in early right, back row back row Shingler at 6 7 Tipperick but um, as I said I'd, I would have had would have had Young in there mm.
1: and uh, Falatow at 8 alright well I mean Falatao's bang on form he's one of the best number 8's in the world that one takes care of itself Tipperick you've expressed concerns over his fitness and Shingler you've expressed concerns over whether or you know questioning whether this kind of game against Australia might be a difficult one to uh, might be a difficult one to kind of to really yeah, test himself in. You,
0: you know how much of a fan I am with Shingler. Mm. Um, I'm a massive fan. You know, there's there's not many, there's not many that would beat me on that. But I I just quite fancy two sevens against Australia um, where we'd have real speed and um, we there's, there's there's no way there's no way of doing there's no way of doing that. It could there? be if you pick Sam Cross. Yeah, I, it's it's yeah. We, 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 I don't think we can go down that route, can we? So, um, I just really, it would have been a really nice dilemma to have, wouldn't it? Mm. To, to go with two sevens or Shingler because you've got you know the inf, you've got the Shingler that
1: at banging mm. form. Personally, um, I wouldn't have gone two sevens. I would have gone with Shingler and Falatau, and then I think it's just down to fitness. If Tipperit can prove his fitness in the week, then he starts. And yeah, I agree. If Young was in the squad, I would have gone with him. Uh, if if Tips wasn't fully fit, but um, yeah, that's not the position we find ourselves in. But yeah, I would go for that same back row: Shingler, Tipper, Falata. Mm. I would have mixed
0: it up as for for, for other games. Also, Shingler would come in would come in at six, then mm. possibly you know in in but in, in, well, certainly in the game after that, and then. You know, this is yeah. your Welsh barbarians to play uh, to play Georgia, is it? No, 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 no. It's going to be wholesale changes. No, no wholesale. Right. It would be, be sensible, and then New Zealand. It'll, well, who knows? So, but yeah. just for that game, anyway. Right. Go on um, into, into the backs. Nine Webb. Yeah. Ten bigger. Eleven Evans. Twelve Owen Williams. Thirteen Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Fourteen Steph Evans. Oh, right. you got Steph Evans playing on both wings here at the moment. And I have, yeah, fifteen <laughs> Liam. That, de- that decaf coffee's gone to my head. <laughs> All right, come on. Which, which Steph Evans are you subbing out in for who? <laughs> His brother. Um, um, i would have um I'd have half penny on, on uh, the wing. On on the wing, yeah. It's amos am I s I'm I'm sort of too two in a fro in between them, but I would go hey, I'd have Amos on the bench um and uh half penny just,
1: just probably starts ahead of him. Okay. let's just go go half back. So we tempted to to throw the cat amongst the pigeons, uh, the pigeons, and say that we wanted to, <laughs> to mix things up a bit and and play either Priestland or Patchell at ten.
0: Yeah, I, I I am really. Um I would I would love to see I'd actually you know I'd love to see mm. would be Priestland at ten.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, Scott Right at twelve, mm. and Jonathan at thirteen. Okay, now that would be interesting. Um, you know, not 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 going to happen
1: for now. I'm, for now, I'm keen to see a baller at twelve. Uh, I I really like Scott Williams by the way, and you good know, game on the weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I've seen I've seen him play better, but he was he was good. He was solid. Um, I just think yeah, I think he'll come back to form. He's an international class centre for me, and he's you know he's won big games for us with big contributions. So. Scott Williams, if he's fit, will be in that Rugby World Cup squad oh in God. two years' time, it would and, happen, he'll be, and he'll be in the Six Nations squad as well. But yeah. I am keen to explore, you know, to explore some other options. So it's just quite romantic that I think going back to how you know how
0: Priestern was, just yeah. seeing that. But yeah, I'm I'm I am all for the twelve um,
1: baller option. Yeah, um, and but again, arguably Owen Williams hasn't been in the best form. He hasn't, to see, you know, he obviously kicked the the match winning points against. Uh, Against Bath and the big, big derby kick. the other day, and yeah. but it, defensively didn't have his didn't have his best game. But he's played he's he's played there, hasn't he? Yeah. Regularly for for a while now. So yeah. um, I, honestly, I almost wonder whether uh, whether Scott might just go back into this. I just wonder whether he might look at it and go, do you know what? Australia of all the sides will exploit defensive weaknesses, and you know that. Scott and Jonathan Davis are used to playing together and I wonder I almost wonder whether they would be half tempted to go alright well now he's back in see, yeah see if Scott comes if Scott comes back in at 12 I'd have
0: Patchel at 10
1: okay yeah
0: I, I think we have to look at that because mm-hmm. we need to see different combinations we have to see, yeah we have to see different combinations um, and that's no that's not a uh, I'm not sort of um, having a pop there at bigger
1: but we just need to see different combos Okay, no, that's interesting. Do you like that? Yeah, I do. I just on the whole back line, that would that would be my exact same back line actually for this game. Uh I'm keen to give Patchell some game time at some point. Uh I think Webb's just the best the best nine, one of the best nines in the world, in my opinion still. He's an absolute match winner. Uh I'd probably yeah, I would go for Owen Williams. He's a, he's a player I've admired for a number of years. I think he he's a twelve out of those options and I really like Owen Watkin, but I also think that he's Quite a similar player to Foxy, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think playing a baller there makes it... I'm not; I, I wouldn't mind seeing Patchell at twelve at some point, but at the moment, I, I just think you've you've got to you've got to kind of go with that. And yeah, hundred percent Liam at fifteen and and half penny on the do you, one. Do you think Step Liam out. will be at fifteen. <sighs> oh, God, I know people say like, Gatlin's quite predictable. I actually don't find him that predictable because I think just when you think he's going to do what you expect. He goes and pulls something out of the bag. Having seen Liam at full back for for the Lions, having picked him in the first test, why would he then revert to type and go and go half penny at fullback? No, he's gonna go with it, he's gonna go Liam at fifteen. There's every chance now of Liam at fifteen, isn't it? Because we've got Stafford on the wing. So What about and have them interchanging as well. Yeah. You know? But as we said, it's when yeah. it's when Cuthbert and North are there, then he doesn't feel comfortable' yeah. doesn't oh, feel comfortable. Yeah. I think you're right. Right, on the bench.
0: D. Yeah, you going for that. Yeah, definitely. Brown, big,
1: big fan. Well, big call that one. Okay. Big call. This, this, we need to see him. Okay, need to see him early on as well. Uh, I'd go Francis for the for the odds game because I think if you're in it, if there is an area to exploit in Australia's game historically, it has been scrummaging, and I don't. I think if you're able to bring another scrummager off the bench, yeah, but equally then you could say that you 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 could bring on someone that that isn't
0: isn't uh hasn't got that much experience in terms of out and out scrummaging, mm. but he's gonna be he's gonna make an impact on the park, so that's yep. the game to okay. for me to have him in there. Interesting. But two sides. Um then
1: um Nicky Smith? Yeah. Yeah. yeah would go you go f- Um get get that spin that he's got. <laughs> I would probably go I do I, I do like Nicky Smith actually. I think he's a good player. Um yeah I probably would. But again, I also think that that Jones has gone well yeah, this Cotton. season. Win Jones has played very well, isn't yeah. he? And Nicky has had
0: a has has had chances in the past. Yeah. Um, but no, I, d- I, I, would go Nicky again. Nicky this just one just edged it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got Seb.
1: Yeah, again, kind of um, of that, I I'd agree with that.
0: Then I've got um, Navidi. Yeah, um,
1: I think that's the only option, isn't
0: it? Y- well, 6-7-8. Well, yeah. six, seven,
1: eight. It yeah,
0: is, yeah, because yeah, we're
1: we're so short there, aren't we? Um, Gareth. I would have loved to see Will Boyd on the bench in that game, by the way. Because again, mm. like, he covers all those positions. Yeah. Um I'm a big fan. But yeah, go on. It's just the experience of of, of Navidia yeah. playing at eight, isn't it? Um
0: Gareth. Yeah. At at you know, covering nine. Agreed. Now, this is where. Well I've got okay, Patchell Yeah. Yeah. Then I've got I've got Amos, mm-hmm. Stroke, Scott Williams. Okay. Be. Because if it if it doesn't work, if the ten
1: twelve doesn't and you work, you need to shore it up and you're still in the game. Yeah. What 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 do we do? And we can shift around. Again, who covers who covers wing if Scott Williams is on the on the bench in the? I suppose you could bring Patchell on at fifteen and then move yeah, Liam. Okay. Move,
0: move, move Liam around. Two, you know I'd
1: probably go with that. Um, I'd probably go with that. I'm
0: just, you know, when you just look at the when you look at the bench the balance, there, yeah. and if if you take Scott out there, you it feels it feels quite you feel quite weak and vulnerable. Mm. The moment you throw Scott in there, you like, oh yeah, that feels yeah. I'm a bit more happy with that. But are we then going back to we're not we're not taking yeah, we're not taking risks, do we? So but
1: the the thought of, can't take too many the thought of ending the. The Hulu against Australia, I think, is a is a bigger yeah. and are, a bigger pull and there are
0: enough risks in there when you look yeah. at you know I'm not saying these guys are risky, but it's just in terms of inex- inexperience. Then D Brown, Seb, you know, yeah. um, you know, we then need some we, you know we, if you then throw Scott in there, yeah. Gareth, you got you got some because uh, you know Patil as well is, is is hasn't had that many games, so it's
1: quite an inexperienced pack. It is. Okay, uh, interesting. Well, yeah, let us know what you think on our on our side as well. We'll tweet up a, a picture of the, the team that we've uh, finally settled on um, and yeah, let us know on Twitter at Attacking Scrum what you think of that. Just to finish them for this week on Team of the Week, which we always do in association with adrag.co.uk. uh Our pal's over there. So we're just going to run through the team that they picked and then myself and Dan will um, will pick out who our Player of the Week has been and there's plenty more analysis um, on the the individual performances if you head over to a drive.co.uk. So make sure you do that uh, for your for your rugby fix. There'll be plenty more on there this week in the lead up to the autumn as well, I dare say. So this week's team of the week is Johnny McNichol, fullback; Blaine Scully, Scott Williams, Willis Halaholo, Tom James, Dan Jones, and Johnny Evans, halfbacks; uh, Gethin Jenkins, Matthew Reese, Werner Creer, the front row. Macaulay Cook, Damien Welsh, in the second row; Tyde Byrne, Ollie Robinson, and Nick Williams in the back row. It's really hard to disagree with many of these because you can't put any Dragons or Ospreys players in there, can you? Really?
0: <laughs> no, no. Yeah, they, it's pretty much spot on. I thought um, uh, Garen played,
1: you know, played quite well for the Blues. Yeah, that's a great shout. Actually, that's a really good shout, and I would make that change. You know, well, I've said it, it loads before. I think the Blues look a lot better with, with. One of Halaholo or or Lilo, I think they're both yeah. great players. But I yeah, thought, yeah, I thought Gareth Smith put in a really good, really good shift. Yeah, when they get our centre partnership
0: right, don't they? Mm. Um, yeah. It allows them to play those sort of direct plays that they can't do, and that you know the Halaholo tribe. Yeah, he, he, we saw him. We saw him cutting back in against yeah. the play, which and it, it, usually it's always going across the park, going across yeah. the park, and then, then he's stepping and and hot stepping all over the shop. But yeah. Some, some
1: really good stuff for the Blues okay alright then anyone Dan- else you'd uh, I think that's probably like I say it's really difficult it's really really difficult to um, to get much else in there just because the Ospreys and the Dragons were so poor uh, that it's really difficult so now I don't, I don't think I would make any um, any other changes to that necessarily I thought the yeah, you know, possibly you could have a look at Scarlet's second row. You know, I thought some of them. I thought some of those guys did yeah, well. I thought, thought bringing. I thought Rawlings. Paul Brigham, Rawlings did well. Um, yeah, Rawlings But again, I, I, thought I, thought I thought Cook and Welsh were both good as well. Yeah, to they be fair. were. So, yes, yeah, it's six one, yeah. and it's a weird weekend, isn't it? Just ahead of it. So, um, all right, player of the week out of those. Who is your vote? I know mine. Out and out. Yeah, we'll probably probably have the same yeah. Dan, a ten. Okay. You're not Do you know what it wasn't actually? Isn't I, it? Don't I, I, do, I, do, I've forgotten how you know, I, I, we even mentioned it in this podcast and he was brilliant, but the player for me that, that really oh. stood out I thought it was like watching Matthew Reese from ten years ago. I thought he was brilliant. Um I was really impressed with him. Yeah. And um God he's just so big and strong and he smashes into people he got himself a try I thought he did well so yeah I've gone for a forward on this occasion Yeah, um, how different does Decar- the De- De- Cardiff Blues look as well and the couple of the old heads it's in funny there, isn't it because you have a front yeah. row like that of Jenkins-Reese and, and Felice or you have Domachowski Azarati Thayer uh, all these kind of players in there, it's, it, all, prom- it's very all, funny. all promising players, isn't it yeah. as well? But yeah, just complete one extreme to the other. It is. Um, all right, the interesting. Um, I'll give you the, the casting vote this week. So we'll go for we'll go for Dan Jones as, as player of the week because I, I did think he was he was fantastic, and actually in the long term, I think he'll make a big difference to the Sky. Yeah, good to see him back. Definitely. Well, that brings us to the end for this week. Thank you very much indeed for listening. As you can imagine, we'll have plenty of reaction next week from. Uh, the first of Wales's autumn international games against Australia. So uh, make sure you have a listen to that one, and as we always say, tell your mates as well, uh, and uh, let them know if you want to do that. Social media, do it old school in the pub. Um, make sure you make sure you tell your friends. Uh, but we'll be back next week, and yeah, from Dan and me, we'll chat to you then. Podcast Network.